Hey, this is Erin Lindstrom, and you're listening to Thank You For You. This is a show about celebrating and acknowledging our humanness as well as our beingness, the easy and the hard, the gifts and the (laughs) gifts we don't really like but choose to accept anyway. This is a show about and for people in pursuit of more peace, more joy, more money, more justice, and more of the awe that life has to give us. Thank you for being here, and thank you for you. Erin and I am so excited to share today's conversation with you. Oh, this was a, a pretty epic one. We, after the podcast, um, Tasha and I were talking and she was like, I haven't shared that before. And a couple of people have said that on episodes and I love that. So I'm excited to bring you this conversation with Tasha Booth. Um, Tasha is a good friend. We've known each other for a couple years now from the internet world. Um, and she, oh, I've had the pleasure of like writing some of her copy. She has really incredible, um, different offerings for people in the assistant world and then all the way up to growing and scaling your business. And her story of how she got into this world is really interesting. And so I'm going to share with you her official bio and then I will get right into the conversation. So. Tasha Booth is an agency owner, coach, and podcaster. She is the founder and CEO of the Launch Guild, which is a course launch support and digital marketing implementation agency, supporting established coaches and course creators with course and podcast launches, operations and systems management, and content management and repurposing. So a lot of stuff. (laughs) Um, Her team is over 20 members strong and works together to support their clients and being able to focus back into their zones of genius. Additionally, Tasha mentors virtual support professionals like VAs and OBMs who are passionate and ready to grow their businesses while living life on their own terms. She's also the host of the How She Did That podcast, a podcast for virtual assistants and online business managers and project managers to learn business and tech tips. Tasha is an Air Force wife to her husband, Scott, stepmom to Grace and Meredith, and work-from-home dog mom to Stanley and Bloomer. In her spare time, she watches true crime TV, sings karaoke, and tends to her organic vegetable garden. Without further ado, I give you Tasha and Erin. Yay, Tasha, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I am so excited. You have been like, it's been such a pleasure to get to know you over the last couple of years. And I feel like your energy is so good. You put out such um, quality content into the world and support your clients. Like you're just a joy. So I'm really, really grateful. Yeah. Um, So my first question to everyone, (laughs) which is met with different reactions is who are you and how did you get here? And oh. so, yeah, you can take it and interpret it how you wish, but like, would love to just hear a little bit about how you answer that question. Yeah. So I would say I am uh, the CEO and founder of the Launch Guild, um, and I am a military spouse. Um, my husband is in the Air Force. I'm a stepmom to two amazing daughters. Um, I am an Albuquerque, um, I was going to say Albuquerque native, but like, I, I grew up in New Jersey. I'm a Jersey girl oh my God, <laughs> that now lives in Albuquerque yep. and I'm a, a doggy mom to two amazing dogs. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And how I got here. Oh, 
that that in of itself is like craziness because my degree is in theater. So every is once it? in a while, yes, my degree is in musical theater. Did you not know that? No, and I love this. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> okay, tell me more. I know. So every time I'm like, I every once in a while I stop and I'm like, how did I get here? You know, because um, being in the operational space and be, having a degree in, in musical theater seems so incongruent. Um, I actually did theater professionally and was successful at it for 12 years. I was in the international tour of Hairspray the Musical. I did, I've done Aida three times. (laughs) What? Okay, our viewers can't see me right now, but my mouth is down. I have full chills and my hands are in the air going, what? Silently across the screen. (laughs) Yes, and I loved it, but uh, there were two factors. Number one, my now ex-husband got tired of me being away all the time, which I don't blame him in in hindsight. You know, it's, it's a lot to ask a person. And number two, I got tired of the feast and famine of it all of like, either you're on tour and you're making great money and you're loving what you're doing, or you are standing in line, you know, at Ripley Greer studio at six in the morning, like waiting to hopefully be seen. So I just kind of got tired of that. Um, I moved into um, a, a position um, as a manager, as a executive assistant, or not executive assistant, but executive at a nonprofit at the YMCA for two YMCAs in Tucson. And I finally decided, you know what? I love my job. I wasn't a person who hated my job. I love my job. I love my coworkers, but I hated the fact that my my paycheck was never going to get bigger, especially working for a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So that's when I decided to become a virtual assistant part-time evenings, weekends, and it kind of grew from there into what it is now. Wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, that's a lot. No, I'm more like, I thought I knew your backstory, but like somehow I missed the biggest, like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Which just makes even more sense to me as to like why I feel like I vibe with you so well. Yeah. Okay. So we have this like theater connection and like, you know, I do comedy and there's a performance element of business that I think all of that is really helpful Yes, to be showing up in marketing and even just on sales calls, like really owning that persona of like, I've got this is sometimes like a character. Um, And the nonprofit thread too, too. I started a master's in nonprofit management and actually left because I was like, I love the business part of this. I love the idea of helping people in the world and I am not available for like living at that salary rate. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot. And they ask so much of you and expect mm-hmm. so much. And you're just like, okay, I can't give anymore. And you're not going to give me anymore. So this yeah. is not going to work, you know? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So going down those kind of paths, like to theater and then like into the nonprofit world, I imagine those were true to you and that like you were honoring parts of yourself in each parts of those journey. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and I think that like, I've, I've wanted to do theater my whole life. I started taking dance lessons when I was three. So it's something Mm -hmm. that's, you know, still a part of who I am. I still do theater here in in Albuquerque. They actually have a really robust theater community here. Uh, fun fact about Albuquerque. (laughs) Um, so there are parts that I still continue to honor, but I think that like, when I look back on the child that I was like this entrepreneurial spirit has always been in me. And I was always the kid that was like selling something so that I could have my own money. You know, like that was always really important to me to like have my own and to be able to pay for things myself. And, Mm -hmm. and I think it just continues to this day. Wow. Yep. Mm -hmm. 100%. I remember doing tag sales (laughs) of random toys, going door to door, trying to sell necklaces just because like 
yeah, that lived there. And I think that's so interesting how we turn into like who we are with those seeds that were planted so young. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Did you, I would love to like talk a little bit about those transitions. Like, and I know there are little transitions as we like grow our businesses. Right. Um, and a lot of times I feel like people kind of slow themselves down because we're afraid of the identity shifts that happen mm-hmm. um, or losing a piece of ourselves. Can you speak a little bit about how, I don't know if that came up for you, number one, and then number two, if it did, how have you managed to kind of like integrate that to become more of yourself instead of less of yourself? Yeah. So I, first of all, I love this question. And second of all, I feel like I shifted pretty easily because of the fact I'm, I'm an eight quick start in Colby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I make decisions really quickly and I always, I hate being bored. So I love reinventing myself. So I find I'm always looking for ways to like learn something new, to do something new, to be something new. Um, And so I think that it made those shifts easier for me. I think the biggest thing was seeing, um, seeing people in the, in the theater space who were my peers at one point who were in the same, you know, shows and stuff that I was in. And then now seeing them like on Broadway and like on the Tonys and stuff like that. And at first I felt, I guess like, I guess I felt a little like ennui of like, oh, that could have been me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I had a conversation with one of my friends about that. And she was like, we can't like hound on ourselves about the different paths that we, we went down, you know? And we just have to like honor and be grateful for like what, what, ended up instead of what could have been. Mm -hmm. And I think like that was the perfect conversation that I needed to just be like, I'm really happy for them. But I also know like the hardships and like how hard that life is. And I just chose a different life. Yeah. Mm. It's so interesting. Has it come up for you? Um, So it's, it's interesting because as people rise, right? Like sometimes I think that there's, and I've had this myself, like a feel, a fear of being ostracized or like separating yourself from everyone else by being the quote unquote, the successful one. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that something that has come up for you in growing your business and getting to a point of like multiple six figures and like seeing a lot of so-called success? Yes, definitely. And I feel like it's less about other people like feeling that way. And it's more about like me being careful of that. And so I have to be careful that I'm not censoring myself and like my own success. Mm -hmm. Um, and that I'm still able to like celebrate, you know, in public my success instead of feeling like, well, if I, you know, if I celebrate the fact that I'm successful, like so-and-so is going to feel bad, you know, I have to remember that I'm not in charge of their feelings. And if they're actually my friends, they're going to be excited for me. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so like you say that I'm like 100%. And it's so interesting how much harder I think that can be for humans, right? Because we Mm -hmm. care so much about like belonging and being included and, uh, actually then showing up and taking up more space sometimes is like, Oh my God, I should shrink. And I feel like that really is the inner work we talk about. That's like, Nope, it's safe for me to be big. It's safe for me to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. And I loved what you said too, about like, if they're really my friends, like they're going to root me on. Yeah, totally. Totally. I, you know, there's this quote that goes around every once in a while. That's like, you know, move in quiet. Like not, not everybody knows, needs to know like what you're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And the, the antithesis to that quote that I saw, I don't know if that's actually the word, but I'm going to use it (laughs) was like, you don't like if, if you have to move in quiet to like fit in, they're not actually people that are looking for you to be successful. Like your real friends will like be excited for you as you move loudly and be big in the world. 
Yes, I love that. And I think that's one of the cool things. So you and I both run um, programs where women and maybe a few good men, but mostly women are in community, kind of like doing the work of business building together. Yes. Can, can you talk a little bit about uh, like what you see as the power of like being in community and learning alongside other women? Yeah. So I definitely think it's the like, if she can do it, I can also do it thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that for me, it was it's always been an eye opener and it's always been a driving force for me to see that it is possible. Right. Once I know that like, it's possible that I'm not telling myself like, Oh, I can go to Mars. You know, I'm just telling myself like, Oh, I can make a hundred thousand dollars in a month. Like other people have done it. So it's possible Mm -hmm. that releases basically every other barrier other than, you know, okay, I just need the time and, you know, to cultivate the skill set in order to be, to be able to do this, but I know that it's actually possible. So I think that that's first of all. And also um, I like to create communities where everybody is kind of around the same like in the same space in terms of where they are in their business growth mm-hmm. so that they are seeing um, other people that are able to do it and that they're also pushing each other to be able to get to that next step. I think that that's so important. And so often we're taught as women, you know, that we're in this big competition and even in one of my groups. So one of my groups is called booked in balance and it's for established virtual assistants and online business managers and project managers. And one of the women I had one of my one-on-one coaching calls with her and she was like, I was telling my mom about, you know, our group and everything and the type of women that are in it. And my mom said like, so you're, you're working with your competition, <laughs> you know, like you're, yeah, you're yeah. a mastermind with your competition. And she's like, no, there's like space for us all. There's room for us all, you know? And I think that when we eliminate that competitive side of us and the, and activate there, the, there is room for us all. Like we all end up winning. Right. Oh, I love that so much. And I feel like too, even that competitive energy, like, yeah, we can use that, but like, let's use it to take down the patriarchy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like we're actually quite powerful together. And that comes up for me too, because it's so interesting. A lot of times, like in this world, we have similar skill sets and especially people who are mentoring other people, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you have a few years and I find myself, I have people ask me like, how do you write copy? Like for people that you're technically like competing with. I'm like, Oh yeah, because I'm not for everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Like like I'm more than happy to do that because it's just like the skill that I have and like using the language and like, we can all win here. Like there's, there's, that's a scarcity mindset I think versus like the abundance mindset of like, yeah, let's fucking oops. Well, not oops, but (laughs) (laughs) like, let's do this though. And like, we're in this together. So how can I support you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you bring that energy to your groups too. I'm wondering if, so as you've kind of like navigated and put different programs out there and it sounds like really, do you feel like you've become more of yourself as you've continued going? Definitely. Definitely. And I think that like different aspects of myself have had to work harder or stronger or become stronger, you know, as I'm going and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that like the operational side of things was where I kind of started in my business mm-hmm. as a VA, but that's not really where my true strength lies. My true strength is in um, creating connection and networking and, you know, mentorship and leadership and those sorts of things. And now that I'm fully in the CEO seat of, of my business, of the Launch Guild, I really get to lean into my strengths in in a different and more exciting way. Mm, I love that. And I think it's so cool how, again, we kind of have this world where you can start with your skill, like use Mm -hmm. it and like use that talent, use that gift. And then you get to kind of like grow and evolve as you go. 
Yes. It's so cool. Have there been things that you feel like you've had to like, uh, maybe lessons from that outside world into the online world that you've kind of had to like unlearn or work through? I think mostly the employee mindset piece has mm-hmm. been one that like I I quickly got over because I one of the things that I think I've done well in this whole journey is I've always had coaching from like month three of my business. And so I definitely have had coaches who have helped me over that hump. But just moving from the like asking permission to leading with the decision. Like I am the decision maker, you know, instead of like asking and, and waiting for that permission to be given to me. Um, I think that that's a hard thing for any service provider because we are mostly in the support seat and definitely from somebody who's come from like corporate America or something like that to move into the online space and to move into the seat of CEO of their business. Oh my gosh. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's so important too. And such an interesting thing. I think um, even because there's so many decisions to make in your business yes. <laughs> and there's no right way to do anything. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like there might yeah. be best practices and there are strategies that can work really well. And there's a million strategies that can work really well. And it's up to you to be like, I'm going with this one. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Three and creating a hybrid, but like, it's not always like cut and dry, right? Right. Like, oh, what will work for me? Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's, that's the fun in it, you know, in it that you get to build this thing exactly the way you want it to be. And you get to like really step into creating the life that you want to live. But at the same time, like there's, there can be so many distractions in terms of like, well, this is how you should do it. And I think that really accepting like, okay, this may be the best, best practice. And how can I make this best for me too, at the same time? Yeah. Do you feel like you bring that into your like coaching or coach advising? I call it sometimes like, is that the kind of thing yeah, you are? A thousand percent. You know, I, I recently, I um, just launched a new program called agency thrive mind and it's for agency owners or those who are building agency model businesses. And a lot of what I got questions about was like, well, Tasha, I don't want an agency the size of yours. Cause I have a team of 22. That's pretty big at this point. Wow. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't, I'm not trying to get you to build a team that looks exactly like mine. You know, I want you to build a team that works for you. The goal in it isn't to have 22 people. The goal is for you to be able to fully step into your CEO power, you know, within your agency. And so when I first started, first start coaching people, like the first question I ask is how do you feel about your business? And the second is like, what do you want this to look like? And whatever you want that to look like, we're going to honor that. And we're going to create a success path that honors that for you. Not, not something that like I want it to be because I'm not, yeah. I'm not in your business. I'm not running it. <laughs> yep, 100%. Yeah. I love that. Um, so going like a little to the left here, I would love to hear like, so I find it so fascinating. You know, I have two kids and I know you have two, um, mm-hmm. stepchildren, like, do you feel like the way you show up in business is similar to how you show up like in your home life? Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. And I think, I actually think that the answer is probably no. I think I'm more, I don't want to, okay. I'm going to say submissive, but I don't want, it's not in a negative thing. I just feel like I'm more, maybe collaborative is the word, you know, yeah. and in my home life than I am. And I think like, I'm, I know that like the buck stops at me when it comes to my business. And I think that when it comes to like my home life and like how we, you know, work through things with the girls and everything, it's more like, okay, well, what do you think? Well, here's what I think. Like what, you know, that sort of thing. And yeah, that comes into my business too. But I feel like 
part of it is like just decision fatigue a lot of times. Uh-huh, you know? 100%, and yeah. so by the time I get home, I'm like, I don't ask me, I just want you to make the decision, you yeah. know? <laughs> and part of it is the give and take of like, there are things that like Scott just does better than I do, you know? And I, there are things that I do better than he does. And so we honor those parts of each other in our business, in our, you know, marriage and our home life as well. <laughs> right. Yep. That makes total sense. Yeah. What about as far as like your coaching style and your parenting style? Do you feel like there's a yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like there is the coaching style in terms of like, well, what do you think about this? You know, my, some of my coaching clients, they, they like hate that I ask them that ad nauseum, but I'm like, but I don't like, I, I want to give you my opinion, but first I want to make sure that you've checked in with yourself and made sure that like you, you like, cause you are, you usually know the answer, right? right? So check in with yourself and make sure that like, this is actually what you want to do. And so I think that for, for the girls, we definitely have that in terms of like, this is like, we are the final say, but at the same time, we want to hear them first and, and let them know that they've been heard. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's so interesting because I feel like the more and more I get like more solid on my, not necessarily just coaching skills, but even my beliefs around that and like Mm -hmm. how to facilitate other people making their own decisions that are true for them. I appreciate how that comes over into my like parenting life as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Where it's like, oh, but like, I'm not you. And I think so frequently a lot of what we see or at least have historically is like, you know, the parent who knows everything and is telling the child how to like move along that path in the same direction. And so much of the entrepreneurial journey, I feel like is unlearning some of that. Yes. And so it's cool. Yeah. And so it's cool to like be in this position where it's like, oh, I now extend the same thing I kind of wish I had like going forward. And I feel like general generational change is really like available there. Yeah. And you know, like even when it comes to what the girls see and how they see me show up in my business, like you know, they don't live with us. They live with their mom in Chicago. And so um, my husband flies out once a month to visit them, but like they're only at our house maybe like three or four times a year. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't even really know how much they were noticing like me and my business and my journey and everything until they gave me, they like made Mother's Day cards for me like Mm -hmm. last year. And Grace, our oldest, who's 13, she wrote in the card, she's like, I love watching you be a strong woman business owner. And I was like, I was like, I know. And I was like, I didn't even know she like knew exactly what I did, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was first of all, such a testament to like, our kids are always watching, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we are always teaching, like whether we realize it or not, we're always showing them like what is possible for their lives. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And that, that brings me like right back to that that feeling of like being ostracized and being scared to kind of like show up and shine mm-hmm. and like share our wins. Most of the time, what I find that's happening, or at least what I've seen, what I have evidence for now mm-hmm. is that the people I'm most scared of, like judging me down the line instead will be like, you really inspired me or like, yes. this is what I'm doing. Cause I saw you do that. And it's like, Oh God, if I like had kept keeping myself in, like <laughs> that doesn't help anyone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've, I've seen that because especially in the, you know, in the VA space, in the online space, like I feel like virtual assistants often think that there's like this cap to what is possible, you Mm -hmm. know? And a lot of times it's like, okay, if I can make like $5,000 or like, 
even $10,000. Like that's what I'm aiming for. And like, that's the most I, I could ever make in a month, you know, in my business. And so I, I was worried for a while about like in my Facebook group about, you know, sharing like the wins that we're having at the launch guild, because I was worried that they would seem so ridiculous, so huge that people would be just like, well, I'm never going to try because like, there's no way I can get to there. Mm-hmm. And it was the exact opposite. When I started sharing our wins and being, you know, upfront and honest about like where we were now and where like our, my goal is uh, in terms of like revenue and where we're headed in the launch kill, people mm-hmm. were like, oh my gosh, like that's possible. Like, okay, now I know it's possible. Let's, let's do this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It almost gives people like quietly like permission in a way, not yeah. that permission, but sometimes we have that, like we're waiting for it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of times when you see that, it's like, okay. And I feel like that comes right into your, your branding and your podcast of like how she did that. Yeah. And you really are the example for so many people of like, okay, it's possible. Yeah, totally. I love you know, it. <laughs> how, how has it been? Like, um, if you're cool talking about money yeah. a little bit mm-hmm. and like receiving and creating like beyond what most people think might be possible. Right. Yeah. Um, how has that been for you? Like, is it an easy journey of like receiving more and more? Do you struggle with it? Like, what's that like? I have struggled with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and for a number of reasons. So first of all, um, we're, and we're going to deep dive here, Erin. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but so, yeah, I was a pastor's wife for 10 years. So, <laughs> um, did you know that about me too? No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was, I've been previously married and I was married for 10 years and, um, my husband, my ex-husband was a youth pastor and then an associate pastor. Okay. And he, I will say to this day, he is an amazing man. We were just not great mm-hmm. for each other, but yep. he is an amazing human being. Um, but one of the things that made us not great for each other is he like, wanted to be a missionary. He loved that life of like Mm -hmm. poverty and service, you know, and I love nice things. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, for a long time, I thought that it was wrong to want more, you know, to want all of those nice things. And like, I did not have my first like couch that wasn't like a hand-me-down or like bought secondhand until I got a divorce and moved across the country and like moved into my own apartment, you know, and bought my, my own first couch. And I was like, 33 years old by then, you know? Um, And so I think having to unlearn that and having all of like this new wealth, basically, I'm going to say wealth because it's wealth for me, having this new wealth and having the ability to like buy the things that I actually want instead of like the cheapest of the thing um, was was a hard journey for me. And it's still something that I'm unlearning. And um, Amy, my CFO, like brought it to my attention in that when I have excess or extra money, I find ways to either spend it or give it away, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm still working on that but I, I'm starting to realize like, it's okay to either keep it and just have it on hand, like to save it, you know, Mm -hmm. or to enjoy it and not feel like wrong for enjoying it, you know? And the fact that I can still be even more generous because I have more to be generous with than, you know, than, than if I'm just not not have any money, basically. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. I find it so interesting, all the feelings around money. And Mm -hmm. because I, very much relate to what you're saying where like right now I have more money in my bank account than I've probably ever had. And it's Mm -hmm. like, Ooh, what do I spend it on? And I'm, I find myself kind of going back and forth between like spend it on nothing. We have to keep it like, (laughs) (laughs) and the other side of me is like, here's my list of the things I can blow it all on right now. (laughs) And just kind of like observing myself and those feelings that come up and then like the self talk around it. 
I find like that takes energy and it's definitely different than it used to be, but it's so fascinating just to kind of like watch that change and evolve as I change and evolve. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I love hearing that and thank you like for sharing. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like if, if there are people who are listening, who are kind of like starting these changes and, and starting to maybe question the ceilings that they've put on themselves, um, and starting to receive more, do you have like words of advice or wisdom as you're kind of like navigating those changes? Yeah, I would say find ways to celebrate as you're going. So uh, one of my coaches who was so helpful and instrumental in like me enjoying receiving more and having the capacity to receive more, she would have me like articulate how I was going to celebrate every single time I hit a new milestone. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that's super helpful. And also having people around you that you know are going to be rooting for you. Um, So just finding that core group, you know, and really um, embracing them and and I've been so grateful, like this year, especially I've found a couple of groups who are just like, you know, some of us are making $10,000 months and some of us are making almost a hundred thousand dollar months mm-hmm. and we show up for each other and we celebrate each other throughout, throughout the journey. Um, so I think that that would be, that would be the big thing. And then also, like I was saying before, um, just making sure that you're looking around you to like, who is doing it, you know, and if you can find somebody else who's done what you are trying to do, that is evidence that it is possible. So it is evidence that it is possible for you. Yep. Oh, so good. And it's so interesting to me too. Just that like $10,000 a month and $100,000 a month actually like aren't that far away from each other sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that can be five years or it can be five months. Like you yeah. just never really know. And it's up to like the person and how you're playing and what's happening. And like, oh, there's so much possibility there. What does, so celebrating was like a big thing that came through mm-hmm. in all of that. What does celebrating like, mean to you or look like to you? So it can be all kinds of things. I've done celebrations where, you know, my husband and I have gone away for a long weekend. We usually do that after like a, um, a launch of some sort. So when it's been, you know, kind of like a pressure cooker time Mm -hmm. in my business, um, I like to release that pressure by like going away, doing something like that, or it can be paying off something. So I, this year have been really trying to pay off debt. I turn 40 next next year in March and my goal is to be debt free other than my house by the, my 40th birthday. And so some of that celebration has been like, okay, I've got a chunk of money, let me put it towards this, you know, mm-hmm. or um let me just like celebrate the fact that I'm closer to being debt free. So that celebration can be, you know, big or smaller in between, but I just like taking a minute to like like enjoy the moment. And that's really hard for me. I'm an Enneagram three. <laughs> and so I always want to just be, yeah, I always just want to be like, okay, what's the next goal? <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I've, I've worked, been really intentional about slowing down and just like enjoying the moment and doing something that makes me enjoy it. I love that. I think it's so important to just kind of like be present with what just happened. Cause so many times, especially as achievers and entrepreneurs, we're like looking for the next thing, which is a strength of ours. But by doing that, we also sometimes like miss the like, oh my God, you accomplished all of this stuff along the way. 
Yes, totally. And mm-hmm. last month when we had, you know, our, our biggest month to date, uh, Jayla Ray, my director of operations, she boxed me and she was like, you just need to calm the F down <laughs> and mm-hmm. sit in this and don't create a new goal yet. Just enjoy it and realize how, you know, how amazing what you've created is. And I'm like, okay, I think I could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so funny how we have to like be supported even in slowing down. I think that's yes. one of the gifts of having a coach too, is like having someone outside of you who's witnessing all of it happen and not just in the hard times but in the good times being like okay like do you remember when you thought that was impossible do you remember when you were just starting that like that mission like yes it's so incredible yeah oh <laughs> I love it all right I have one more question for okay. you if that's okay yeah um when you and you may or may not have ever thought about this but <laughs> if I were to ask you like what do you think the grandmother kind of like crone version of you is like? Ooh. Yeah. Who do you think she is? Uh, I think she is somebody who's got a little bit of spunk in her (laughs) and who is just like loving life, like really, really enjoying and traveling and just participating. Um, Yeah. I I love that word. I'm going to like settle in the word participating in life. Yeah, that yeah. sounded like that's juicy. I love that the yeah. idea of participating. Oh, so beautiful. Well, Tasha, thank you so, so, so much for your time and your energy and for sharing all of this. I feel like this is such a good like conversation with such interesting perspectives. And I just really appreciate it. And thank you for you. Oh, thank you. I loved, I I always love talking to you, but I love this. (laughs) Likewise. I learned so much. I have to like go update my Tasha file. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's Erin. And I want you to know that you matter. Everything you're doing and everything you've done, it all matters. It all counts because you are important to the people around you, your family and friends, your audience, your clients, and quite honestly, to the world. Whether you're changing lives on the front line or changing lives while you're changing diapers, your presence matters. Every life you touch counts. And from just one interaction, there can be infinite, meaningful effects. And for that reason, I wanna thank you for showing up and doing the work to be with yourself and share your light and your gifts and your love with those around you. If you want support with any of this human being stuff, you're always welcome to join me inside of my coaching membership, Human Being Club at humanbeingclub.com or follow along with me on Instagram for more behind the scenes, silly stuff at Erin Lindstrom. Once again, thank you for being here and thank you for you.